Hello and welcome to Speaking of Conversations on Voice, Speech and Identity with me, Ryan O'Shea. Each episode I'm talking with a guest who has a real question about voice, speech or presence. Then I'm guiding them through concepts and exercises to help them and you understand a bit more about their question. Since this is the first episode it makes sense to share a little bit about me so you know why I think I'm qualified to share anything about these topics. I am a voice and speech coach located in Los Angeles, though I'm originally from Indiana. My background is in acting, though as a voice and speech coach, I work with both performers and non-performers. I'm certified in a voice technique called Fitzmorris voice work, and I'm also currently working towards a certification in Knight Thompson speech work. You can find links to learn more about both of those methodologies at my website, voiceandspeechwithryan.com. In this episode, I am chatting with my friend Daniel Jar. Daniel is a singer who I met at a voice workshop this past spring, and I just really loved his presence. He has a really philosophical curiosity about voice work, which I love, and I'm really excited to share the conversation that we had around his question of, can you tell if someone is a good or bad person based on the sound of their voice? The answer is a straightforward no, but the reasoning behind it isn't so straightforward. Let's get into it. All right, so Daniel, Daniel Jar, is yeah. that how you say your last name? Yes. Yeah, Daniel Jar. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good, thank you. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about yourself. And I think this could be as, you can interpret that however you want. So I'm a singer and I, even though I don't do it professionally mm-hmm. yet, I really like to explore with my voice. And I'm in LA with that intention and I've been exploring for almost two months now. And yeah, I'm going back home in two days to the Dominican Republic where I live. Mm-hmm. But I'm from Haiti and I was born there. Okay, great. So what question do you have? So I thought about that for a little while. And the one I came up with, I think it's pretty interesting. So <laughs> here's the question. So the other day I was at this conference and... There's like this nice lady who comes in and she's about to sit right next to me. And she says, excuse me. And there was absolutely nothing wrong with her tone. There was nothing wrong with the way she said it. But yet I felt as if someone had pinched me with her sound. Mm. There was this quality to her sound that literally made me get up and go sit elsewhere. (laughs) Okay. And I found that interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and it leads me to the question, can the sound of someone tell you um, whether they are a good person or a bad person, right? And I, I'm aware that saying that someone is good or bad is pretty, you know. Sure. It's a yeah. huge claim, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, that would be the question. Okay. I love this question. Uh, I think the the short answer is... No, (laughs) but what it makes me think of is why is it that sometimes when we, when we hear people speaking, we have this response of, ugh, 
annoyance where like I, I don't know if you would use this phrase but uh, a common phrase that uh, Americans particularly of my generation like to say is like uh they're so fake fake hmm. being the word right and I've met people who I might even describe like given the given the experience that I have with people who are quote fake right that I might describe this person as fake and yet I meet them and I talk to them and go, oh, actually, this is a really genuine person. They are really genuinely kind. They are really genuinely interested or whatever the context is. I'm, I'm thinking of a particular student that I have right now. And she is super sweet, but she has this tone to her voice. And so because she has this tone, a lot of people interpret that as, she is trying, she's trying too hard to be perceived as sweet. Therefore, she must be faking it. Therefore, she must be fake or she must be a, maybe like have bad intentions. Maybe she is a quote, bad person, right? And yet everything I've experienced about this young woman is that she's a highly, genuinely kind person and that this voice that she puts on is almost like a little bit of armor. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So I think it's something more to, I think it's something more about like, what is that person orienting to? What is that person connecting to that is causing their voice to sound that particular way? Huh. So maybe we could reframe the question to what would the voice of someone tell us about their identity? Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how we would go uh, about responding to that question, considering that you're very much into the acting world. And I'm not necessarily, I haven't yeah. explored acting too much. I think it's relevant for, I think it's relevant for people like day to day as well. Do you know the term code switching? Have you heard heard I, the term code switching? I think so, but in another context. Yeah, so more academic uh, yeah. related. Code switching is the thing that all of us do and it's it's I'm I'm shifting how I speak, the words that I use, the, maybe even the tone that I use depending on who I'm with. So if I am with my mother, I'm going to speak differently than with when I'm with my, I don't know, uncle who I don't know very well. Or if I'm talking to a police officer, or if I'm talking to my boyfriend or my best friend or a stranger. And then it gets even more specific of, okay, if I'm talking to someone who is from a different um, race or if I'm talking to someone who is of a different gender or of a different socioeconomic background, things like that, right? That we start to switch how we sound to fit in. Yes. Right? And is that something that you feel you would do naturally? A lot of times. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I know like I'm thinking of one of my friends who she is 
just a really goofy, playful person. And the way that she she will often greet people is just going, honey. <laughs> and there's this, just this, this qual- the honey quality, right? So when I'm with her, I find myself like, suddenly I'm like this character. I'm this person that's just kind of playing with her because that's the energy that she brings. I do it even like I'm thinking of my friend, uh, Siobhan, who is from Belfast and I'll find myself matching her cadence, right? I'm not changing the sound of my voice, but I'll, I'll find myself when I hang out with her, like, right, what are we doing, Siobhan? Like really changing the the musicality of my speech. And it's totally involuntary. It just happens because that's what I'm I'm doing with that friend, right? I think where where what you're describing might come into play is somebody maybe this might not be exactly right, but somebody attempting to code switch, attempting to find a way to communicate in a way that that person will perceive as being really, um, I don't know, welcoming or, or not, uh, not bad, or I, I should get more specific, but for example, like if I, if I am like teaching a new class and I want all of these students to feel like really welcomed in my space, I could go, okay, I want them to feel really welcomed. So I'm going to put on my really warm, welcoming voice. And this is that voice. Hello. It's so good to see you all. Thank you so much. And even though there might be a part, like there is a part of me that genuinely feels, I want you to feel welcome because what I'm connecting to in that moment is sounding welcome. I have put on a tone. I have unsuccessfully code switched. I am focusing on a sound rather than a feeling. Hmm. I, I want you to feel really welcome. And if that's the case, then I should connect to my sense of Oh, my desire for you to feel welcoming, my my own like gratitude for you being in the space with me. And as soon as I connect to that, the byproduct is that my voice starts to sound really warm and my 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 body starts to become much more alive. And then you'll actually believe <laughs> that I want you to feel welcome. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And I find it really interesting. And I'm realizing that as a singer it's very easy for me to code switch. But when I'm not in a context where I'm singing and performing, it seems like a, something that I could never do, that is difficult to do, or that I would even be a little ashamed to do. Yeah. Because as opposed to when I'm on stage singing, I feel like there is no permission given to me yeah. to switch around my voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's interesting. What What are you thinking of when I say well, this. I guess I'm uh, part of what I'm thinking is that I want to be I want to make sure that I'm being really clear about what code switching is and that it's it, it could be that my speech, the word choice, the tone, everything that maybe there's a level of more formality when I'm talking to some people, if I'm talking to a police officer, I've just been pulled over, I want him to perceive me at him. <laughs> Look at me, I'm just assuming it's a male. I want them to perceive me as 
being somebody who's responsible, being somebody who's very in control. So I, I will be conscious of the words that I'm choosing. I'm, I'm going to be conscious of how I am articulating my words. And that's a way that I am, uh, God, there's all sorts of things that are creating me to be there. And some of them are like white supremacist ideals, which aren't great either. But the point is there are ways in which our society, our upbringing have trained us that if I sound like this, I will be perceived in the correct way by this group. But if I'm talking to my students and uh, who are young people who are from a diverse background, I probably don't want to have the same level of articulation because that might really turn them off. But I also don't want to overshoot and go, oh, well, I want these students to think I'm super cool. So I'm just going to start talking to them like this. <laughs> What's up, you guys? Right? Because I want to fit in, right? Yeah. I might have moments of that, but code switching is what are the ways in which I adjust both the language that I'm using, the words that I'm choosing, the the level of diction that I might have. It might even be like my accent changes. If I'm talking to somebody from my hometown in Southern Indiana, which is almost like the American South, depending on who you talk to, it is the American South. My accent is different. My R's are harder when I'm talking to family than they are if I'm talking to friends. I find since living in Southern California, I find ways that like my accent is a little bit different. My accent <laughs> instead of my accent. Um, but it's really subtle things that have just gradually happened over the years. Hmm. I remember I was coaching soccer players and automatically I would take a very stronger voice. I would speak like this. We yeah. have to do this and train. And then a few hours later, I would grab my guitar and I would be singing like this. <laughs> and I, I remember how I would be a, a little bit worried that if my players heard me sing that way, I would lose a little bit of yeah. credibility. Yeah. And I'm just thinking now of how it's actually the opposite. If they were to see me being vulnerable in another medium, how that would actually inspire them. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I think where people, and this is, this is totally a public speaking principle. And just to give credit where credit is due, um, I really learned this from Saul Katsube, who we both know and have worked with. But in his public speaking workshops, one of the things, one of the first things he He talks about, and he does this with Noah Drew as well, who you also know. One of the first things that they that they talk about is that we could, well, or what people often do is they feel like they want to be perceived a particular way, so they connect to sounding that way. So if I want to sound like I'm an expert about something, I could I could do exactly what you're doing. I could be really uh, serious and I'm going to make sure that you, you recognize that I'm serious because listen to my voice. Or I could do something like, uh, I just want to try to be really impressive and look how easy and cool I am and it's no big deal, right? But again, because I'm connecting to this this very specific like, word, really, a very specific tone, sound, that means that I'm not connecting to you, 
the person that I'm talking to. I can't be giving my focus to you. I can't be giving my focus to the subject that I'm speaking about, the topic that I feel passionate about, if instead I'm focusing on how I sound (laughs) while I'm speaking about that. Of course. I mean, if you were to tell me about, actually, let's do this. Let's do this experiment. Think of something that you love, Mm. like a thing that you love. It could be a book. It could be a, a movie. It could be food, but a thing. Yeah. And now I want you to describe this thing that you love, but I want you to focus on sounding, uh, I don't know, as impressive as possible while you're describing this thing. Yeah. Okay. I'm still thinking of what I love. Okay. 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 I'll give you a moment. (laughs) It definitely has to be food. hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay, so can you repeat that? What you I, yep. I chose uh, the type of food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, what was it again? What Great. Should I do? So you're gonna describe, like, in as much detail as possible, this thing that you, this type of food that you love. But I want you to be focusing on while you're describing it, sounding uh, like the. I think impressive is the word that's coming to mind. Like the way that you want it to be with your soccer players. Okay. Right. So being really focused on making sure that you sound really impressive, like an authority figure while describing this thing that you love. Okay. Sounds great. And you see, by trying to think about something in particular, I lost my focus and I couldn't (laughs) even like pay attention to your question. Beautiful awareness. Yep. (laughs) So, okay. It is a triangle shaped. (laughs) (laughs) So you can't even get through. Like more than a few words because it feels so silly, right? Yeah, indeed. Versus like, just tell me about this food that you love. Don't focus on how you sound at all. Focus on the food. It is triangle shaped. Yeah. It's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We all know it. We all like it, I think. Um, (laughs) Is it pizza? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) You know what's funny? I went to Spanakopita first for some reason. I was just picturing like like the filo dough with stuffed cheese and spinach, but fancy. More you're more fancy than me. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I like pizza too. Ah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But do you feel I mean, do you feel the difference? Yeah, definitely. It's obvious it's so simple. And probably we all feel moments where it's like, yeah, obviously I wasn't thinking about how I sounded. Obviously. I think where people mess up where people become disconnected is where they they jump ahead they in in alexander's technique you would call this end gaining where i think oh this is what i want to get to i want to uh sound i want them to think that i am uh really knowledgeable and that i'm a good authority figure so i'm just going to jump ahead to what i think authority figure sounds like but in doing that i've bypassed the actual like connection to what makes you really knowledgeable. I bypassed my connection to the content of which I'm speaking. I bet there were plenty of moments with your soccer players where you were in the moment and totally with your natural voice. It was the, probably the moments where we're circling up, where there's this formal setting to it. And that's where I start to feel like, oh, I must be this type of person. I must be this role. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think to answer your question, I think the difference is 
we can, I think we can tell when people are being authentic or not, even if it's like a subconscious, I just feel like a little, huh, there's something weird about her. There's something off, right? I think we can feel when that person is being inauthentic, whether they are inauthentic because they're uh, just really bad at manipulating, right? Or they're inauthentic just because they are really shy and forcing themselves to talk or they're really um, nervous or insecure and bypassing those feelings to try to sound confident or whatever, that the, the feeling that we're getting is not bad, like they are a bad person or they are an inauthentic person. I think it's generally this person is focusing on something other than what it is they're actually talking about right now. Hmm. That lady going, can I sit here? Maybe she was really nervous about asking if she could sit right next to you. And she was trying to fight those feelings of nervousness and then going straight to sound confident. And then to you felt that like forced quality and it felt like a ugh to you, right? Yes. Perhaps. I don't know. And you know, the reason I asked that question has to do with what I will do next time that happens. Right. Yeah. So it's basically me wanting to know whether getting up and sitting elsewhere is justified or not. Yeah. And I'm very much aware that what we perceive in others is often a reflection of what's in yep. ourselves. Exactly. Definitely. Yep. But you know, there there can be this, I think, quality to a sound that everybody perceives. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just fascinating. I think uh, that even makes me think about. Um, one of my favorite podcasts is the Invisibilia podcast. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's really brilliant. I, I recommend checking it out. I was reading, because uh, I'm, I'm starting my own podcast, I was looking <laughs> at their, uh, just on my iTunes app, my I, iPod, why can't I speak? On the podcast app on my iPhone, looking at the Invisibilia profile, and I happened to see the, the comments and there were so many comments about people going, oh, like I, I used to like the show, but I can't get over their voices because they all have like this very like uh, NPR sort of sound, which is the uh, glottal fry, right? So they do that sort of thing. <laughs> and they talk for long periods of time with this sort of voice. I, I am a voice teacher. I don't, I'm not particularly bothered by that. Could I uh, talk to them about the ways in which they might be limiting their voice or limiting their expression? Yeah, absolutely. But I also think there was people jumped on the bandwagon in the last few years of hearing that sound, particularly in women, and jumping all over it of, oh, it's this terrible thing. And I don't know if... I don't, I truly don't know. I don't know if, if that's something that people had been noticing for years and going like just subconsciously, blah, I don't like that sound. Or if it was somebody pointed out that that is a quote improper way of speaking. And then it became popular to shit all over that sound. Hmm. I'm not sure, but that to me, that's a really clear example of how people have decided that if you talk like that, if you have like that sound, that means that you are some sort of idiot. And yet 
there are plenty of men that have that sound as well. It's usually women that get called out on it. Wow. So basically, we should not judge sounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's very easy to be in that place where you judge a sound. Yeah. We do it every day unconsciously. Absolutely. I like some accents mm. more than others. Yes. I have judgments about some accents. And it's human to have those judgments. What makes us a jerk or not is what we do with that information. If I have that judgment and go oh, I have this really bad assumption about people with this particular regional accent. It's recognizing, yeah, but I know that's not true. And I move on, right? It's okay to like some accents more than others. It's okay to like some tones of voices more than others. But when we start to qualify those people as intelligent or stupid, good or bad, uh, fake or genuine, those sorts of things. That's where I think it becomes not just unfair, but dangerous. Hmm. There are really well-supported people as in have great vocal support who have beautiful voices and who spew bullshit. Well, Donald yeah. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone, I guess, listening to this right now, if you would like to start singing and you think that you're not a good singer, start singing right now. I hope you start singing after <laughs> this conversation we've just had. And yeah, we should not judge our, our sounds. I think that everybody can have a, a beautiful voice if they just decide to make different sounds, basically. I love that. I love that. And I think that that is the perfect note to end on. Definitely. Great. Daniel, uh, if people wanted to find out more about you, where could they find you? Well, I, Instagram, obviously, yeah. <laughs> nowadays. Um, Danny Jar, D-A-N-I-J-A-A-R. Or I'm always on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Facebook. Send me a message and I'm happy to talk. And yeah, I'm so happy to have been here. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is great. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of Speaking Of. And thank you, Daniel, for joining me. I want to give a special shout out to two colleagues, Saul Kotsube and Noah Drew. They developed some really amazing work around approaching public speaking. And a couple of the exercises I explored with Daniel were inspired from a public speaking workshop that they teach. Be sure to check out the show notes on voiceandspeechwithryan.com slash podcast for info on that workshop, as well as links to the other things we discussed in the episode. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast with someone and be sure to subscribe on the podcast feed of your choice to be alerted when a new episode is live. And if you have a particular thought or question you want to share with me, you can contact me at voiceandspeechwithryan.com. Until next time, bye!